Are you concerned about the air that you're breathing, especially with increasing air pollution? We all know how vital indoor air quality is, and here's where Puro Air steps in to make the difference. Did you know that indoor air can be up to 100 times, 100 times dirtier than the air outside? That's where Puro Air comes to the rescue. In just 30 minutes, this revolutionary device can transform the air in your room by removing allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases. But what sets Puro Air apart is its cutting-edge HEPA-14 filter, a powerhouse that tackles pollutants at a microscopic level. And it's not just me saying that, Puro Air is backed by scientists from both Harvard and MIT. I personally loved having a Puro Air purifier. I feel like I can breathe again, especially after battling congestion for like the last month. Winter can be tough, but within an hour, it was crazy. I could feel my sinuses beginning to open up. I slept through the night without coughing, and I've been sleeping so much better now that we have a Puro Air running in our bedroom. So check it out at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time, getpuroair.com. For a lot of my listeners, I feel like they're on a journey to simplify their lives, but they don't want to sacrifice style, which I completely understand. And that's why I was excited to partner with Home Threads. Home Threads is the perfect blend of minimalism and comfort for your home. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a curated collection of sleek and functional furniture that speaks to the heart of minimalist living, from multifunctional storage to timeless design. They have everything you need to create a clutter-free and serene space for your family. As most of you know, we've recently moved, and I'm not someone to just fill up a room so that it's done and decorated. I wanted to do this with intention, and so I searched out accent chairs on Home Threads and found the perfect mid-century modern chair that really complements my space. So embrace the beauty of less and elevate your home with purposeful pieces. Visit HomeThreads.com minimalist and get a code for 15% off your first order. Home Threads, love where you live. Hello and welcome to the Minimalist Moms Podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. Does minimalism help us find contentment? Why do we remain discontented despite pursuing minimalism? Join me today as I speak with author of A Simpler Motherhood, Emily Usanio, to answer the questions above and so much more. As always, before we get to my minimalist resource of the week, I want to encourage you to leave a rating and review if you haven't done so yet. This is always the most awkward part of the show because it's kind of embarrassing to ask for reviews, but if you're enjoying the show, that is the best way to help this podcast succeed and grow. Thank you so much for the review from Chris Eid this week. She says, actionable tips, enjoyable listen. She says, love what I learned from this podcast, and it's always fun to hear these discussions. Short and sweet, that's all it takes. I thank you so much to everyone that has been recently leaving these reviews. It means so much to me. All right, as for my minimalist moment of the week, I typically share a resource here, but I do have a moment for you. So if you follow me on Instagram, I have been talking a little bit about ebb and float. This is specifically for Columbus locals, though I'm sure you could find something comparable in your city. So ebb and float is in downtown Columbus. They're a health spa that has saunas, cold plunge, floating, which I'd never done before. And that's actually where my minimalist moment of the week comes in. So I had the opportunity to go and float 
I'd never done it before, and for those of you that are unfamiliar with what floating is, I'm just gonna read it direct from their website. They say, try flotation therapy to give yourself the space to disconnect from all of your stressors, put your mind on silent mode, and unload the physical demands of your day. So whenever you step into the flotation chamber, as I'll call it, the Epsom salt water actually supports your entire body, so it ends up taking the weight off your muscles and joints, and is supposed to help you get into a calm and centered place. I have friends that have done it that have fallen asleep. I am not that person. And this is where, again, my minimalist moment comes in. So for the first five minutes, as you start to relax, they have music playing. And then afterwards, it is 50 minutes of complete silence. I did choose to turn off all the lights. I've never been in the dark like that in my entire life. So you float for 50 minutes with complete deprivation. Again, I chose to turn off the lights. You would not have to do that. And then for the final five minutes, music comes back on and you get out. So when I first left, I did have some mixed feelings about what I had just experienced. And I'll tell you the first thought that came across my mind was that I felt bored. I wanted to read. I wanted to distract myself. I didn't like being alone with my thoughts for 50 to 60 minutes. I wanted something to fill that for me. And it was really funny. I was debriefing with a friend and I was just telling her all these thoughts that came into my head. And some of them were good. Some of them were bad. Some of them were really weird. And when I went home and told my husband, he was like, it sounds like what you needed. Because I actually did a lot of deep thinking that I didn't think was deep while I was in there. I think a lot of me kept trying to center back on the fact that I was bored, but at the end of it, I do think it was really good to just be, to just exist. And I realized that I haven't done that in 10 plus years. When was the last time I was without a phone? When was the last time you went onto nature without anything, without a camera, without anything? I still always have my phone on me for safety reasons when I'm in nature, but this was total sensory deprivation. And it's not for everyone. A lot of friends that I told about this said that they would be way too claustrophobic to ever have this type of experience. So all that to say, my challenge to you and in sharing this minimalist moment with you, more of an intentional moment, if you will, is that we need to seek out moments of silence and moments of solitude so much more than we probably do. Even for those of us that have been pursuing this slow, slower lifestyle for quite a while now, you don't really realize how important it is until you have that opportunity. So if you're in Columbus and this sounds like something up your alley, tell them that Diane from The Minimalist Moms has sent you. It's one of my favorite places to go and relax. I typically do the sauna and cold plunge and it just rejuvenates my body, even if I can just get in there once a month. So I highly recommend this place. I highly recommend floating. And I'm so curious to know if anyone else has done this send me an email, send me a direct message. I'd love to hear about your experience and swap stories. All right. Well, that was a really long minimalist moment of the week. I told you I had a big one for you guys this week. Usually I just give you a book recommendation. So without further ado, let's get into the conversation with Emily Usanio, also known as the simplified mom on Instagram. Let's get to it. Emily, thanks so much for joining me again on the Minimalist Moms podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be back. Last time you were here, you joined me for, what was the room you went through? You went through a room. Our bedroom. I went through our closets, yes, which has been 
an ongoing process. I feel like it never ends, especially when you're a mom of young kids and you're going through pregnancy and postpartum and all that stuff. I still have like bin after bin of clothes I'm hoping to get into or get away from one day. Yeah, I can absolutely relate to that. For some reason, I'm a lot more cutthroat these past few months. I'm just going with it. If I'm feeling like I want to purge, I'm like, I'm just going to go with this vibe so that I can get stuff out of the house and just not look back. Cause I've never regretted anything I've decluttered. Have you? No, not a single thing, which is crazy. Cause I've always thought there's gotta be at least one or two things that I circle back to. I'm like, Oh man, I wish I wouldn't have gotten rid of that. Not yet. And it's been probably a solid, like three or four years since I really started being pretty ruthless with getting stuff out of our house. So that that's gotta be a good sign, right? For anyone just starting out. Yeah, it definitely should give people peace to recognize that. But I also think it goes to show that we're probably not using those items in our day-to-day life. So therefore they're not a priority to us, which when we think that they are, and that's why we don't declutter them, that is a fake feeling. It's not real. It's just like the, uh, you feel like you're going to go without. And so you don't want to get rid of something, but it's actually, that's not a rational feeling because we haven't ever gone without, you know? Exactly. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah. Interesting. Well, before we get into our conversation, which has nothing to do about closets, um, we're going to be talking about contentment today and minimalism, but why don't you go ahead, reintroduce yourself to listeners that may not have heard you before. And, um, I was going to ask you, do you consider yourself minimalist, but you already, you're a minimalist. So just tell me a little bit more about yourself. Yeah. So my name is Emily Sanio. I live in Cincinnati, Ohio. I am a mom of four, uh, our oldest being six, our youngest being almost a year now. So uh, it's a little chaotic at home, but about three or four years ago when I was pregnant with our third, I was just tired of all the stuff in our house. I mean, having a third baby come in and getting all of that stuff out in preparation for her, um, it was just such a stressful, overwhelming feeling with two toddlers that had different age toys and clothing and gear, and then introducing the baby stuff all over again. I just kind of hit my wall where I was like, I just do not want to live like this. This is just the stuff in our house is stressing me out and adding to the stress of already having, you know, two soon to be three kids young kids in our house. So I started my blog. It's a simplified mom on Instagram and just started it kind of as an outlet to hold myself accountable, to really embrace the process and get things out of my house and simplify life. And it all started with just getting rid of stuff and simplifying our things. And it quickly morphed into something so much bigger for me. Um, Not only on my blog, as I kind of went through the experience psychologically and mentally myself, um, but also learning to kind of share that with others. And I think the minimalism title at first, um, people just associate, I think, a lot of mixed feelings with it, Um, especially if you're a mom. I remember thinking like, there's no way you can have a simple house when you've got you know, other small children in your house that have to be taken care of. There's just going to be a lot of things, but it's been a really cathartic process for me to share with the world, the fact that I can find my own version of minimalism and kind of define it for myself and embrace more of the psychological side of what all that extra space and simplicity has done for me as a mom, rather than just focusing on the things. Absolutely. And within all of that, you had to find contentment with less. And I think that that is a fear of people's like, how am I going to be happy if I have less? Or, I mean, there's many factors that drive us to want to hold on to our possessions and not to declutter or not to start pursuing any kind of lifestyle where we have to get rid of things that we no longer use. But I do want to talk about the contentment element there for you. And I want to know 
how minimalism has uh, helped you personally find contentment? And was it something that happened right away when you started decluttering or did it take a little bit of time? Do you feel like you have even arrived if that's a thing? Yeah, no, I think honestly, that was the thing that started me on the path towards minimalism. I just thought, okay, if I get rid of this stuff in my house, that's going to make everything better. Like this, it's the stuff that's causing the problems. It's not me. It's not my schedule. It's not anything else. It's just all these things. And so it was fairly easy to get rid of stuff. I like to remind myself all the time that I think being able to declutter is a privilege. Like not everyone has that, has, has access. Um, I think in our world, it's just a taken for granted thing. There's so many things that you can buy so inexpensively that we just accumulate things. And I think I felt guilty um, for letting go of things, even though I was trying to donate as much as I could or give it away versus put it straight to the landfill. I had a lot of guilt associated with it, but I thought, okay, I don't need this stuff. It's a privilege to have all this stuff. I'm not even using it. Like let's get it out of the house and give it to someone that will use it more. And to me, I thought the minute all of those things were out of the house, I'd be content. Like we'd have everything organized. We'd have space for everything. Um, and I think honestly, after that huge initial cycle within the first year or so of getting things out of the house, I realized, okay, now what? I'm still not content. You know, I got rid of everything. Things are organized. There's more space, but I think when most people go through that process, they hit the same roadblock where you're like, okay, I thought that all the sentiment, all the emotions and all the stress of those things was going to pull all of the rest of the stress of my life out when I got rid of them. And it, it does help. Um, but I think that honestly is why people are so addicted to decluttering and organizing and things like that, because you get this initial contentment and this, you know, instant gratification when you've got a space clean and organized, but unless you maintain that and continue those habits of not consuming again, um, it's just a cyclical effect. And I think that's the piece that a lot of people are missing when they're looking for that contentment and things is I really had to stop and realize that, okay, I not only need to declutter my schedule, I need to declutter my emotional and mental stress and the things that are circling in my head, but I also need to make sure I'm not bringing all of that stuff back into my life and just doing it all over again. And for me, that was kind of the aha moment. I realized, okay, I have gone through this cycle my entire life where it's nice to get organized and purge things, but then I was just going back to consuming again. So I really had to take a hard look in the mirror and say, Hey, why, why am I continuing to consume again? Like, what does this need to replace things or bring things in or just add to my life in some way? And what void am I really trying to fill? Not that all things are filling some big emotional void, but I just realized that I was searching for like a tangible answer to the stress I was having. And I, I think I finally realized, okay, like there's a, there's this whole extra level of psychological contentment that's not going to get reached until I address the stress of everything else outside of material things in my life. And I think that applies to honestly, any negative emotion you're feeling in life. I think a lot of times we were sold this idea that there's a quick fix to everything. It's usually tangible. It's quick. It will immediately change the exterior of us or our homes or our lives, but it, it doesn't reach to those deeper levels that really need to be addressed to really, I guess, resolve the underlying issues and, and allow you to feel that contentment fully. Do you think that's why people, despite pursuing minimalism or per, despite pursuing 
a life with less, that's why they're remaining discontent because there's just something deeper there. Or do you think they haven't arrived or do you think it's a choice? I think it's a choice, but what is your thought? I think it's a little bit of both. I guess my, my background is in psychology as well. I used to be in counseling before I decided to stay at home. So I think I tend to jump to like the deeper level of things, even though I ironically tend to miss those signs in my own life. I can read them on other people. And I think, I definitely think any kind of lifestyle or any kind of life decision is a conscious choice, but I think without really taking that the time and the steps to acknowledge it. Sometimes it's not a choice. Like people are just not going deep enough with themselves to realize like, why, why do I want minimalism? Like, yes, it's nice to have a clean and organized house. Like I'm a type A person. I get instant gratification from seeing things neat and orderly, but I could sit in a completely clean house um, years ago. And I would sit there and my mind would just be swirling with like things I could do to, you know, what's next on my to-do list. What else can I clean? What else can I organize? What else do we have to do? Like until you, I think can stop and realize whatever your journey, um, and minimalism, wherever you're at on that, it's okay to be where you're at. Like I have people all the time that are like, Oh, I see, you know, your posts and everything is so beautiful. I'm just starting. Like, it's so overwhelming to me. And I'm like, I'm still on that journey. Like it, it still mm-hmm. happens every day and it does get easier as, as you kind of embrace it, but everyone has to be able to, to stop at the end of the day and find, you know, some peace within themselves. And I think it doesn't matter if you're a full-blown minimalist or not a minimalist at all. I think you can find that contentment in simplicity wherever you're at on that journey. It's just about acknowledging it and making that choice, like you said, to say, okay, what my house looks like, what my mind feels like, what my schedule looks like, what my to-do list got done today, like whatever it is, that that's enough for me. And now I can take those spaces in my life and really find the happiness in them versus just constantly being on to the next thing. Absolutely. And I think that we are talking a lot about the possessions that we're decluttering in our home and how it is a journey and it can add to our discontentment. But I'm also thinking a lot about my own life right now. And I would say I've been back recently to a place of feeling more discontented in my life, but it has nothing to do with my home. I feel like I've gotten that pretty much under control after doing this for so long. And that's maybe not where my struggle lies, but it has to do with the things I'm saying yes to, or even like something as simple as my sleep being more intentional about decluttering. We'll use the word decluttering. I don't need to clutter my nighttime routine with social media or with things that make me anxious. And so I think that when I, when I have to look at this element of discontent with minimalism, does that make sense? It does. Absolutely. I get questions all the time because I used to be very active on my blog. I would be posting multiple times a week. I would be adding my stories. I'd be collaborating with other influencers and having these conversations and feeling like, oh, I did all this work. I shared all this information, but I realized how detrimental it was to, to my lifestyle. I'm like, okay, so I've done all this work for myself. And now I'm filling all this extra time and space I have with producing content. Um, and I, I love it. It's been a huge, huge bucket filler for me, just having this avenue to share with people and help people grow and collaborate, but it also can just pull and drain your energy. 
And I've really taken steps away and gotten a lot of comments, like both good and bad about how I've, you know, I'll have weeks where I'm not online all week and people are like, where have you been? You know, like people wonder if you're not producing content daily, where have you been? Um, What's going on in your life? And I've realized taking that step back is just giving me more space in my life. And it's more fulfilling for me to produce content when I can, but not be operating on a schedule or anyone else's needs and really finding the contentment in my life again. I was talking to another mom who also blogs and we were joking. I was saying, you know, I took a couple of weeks off a while back, completely like deleted the app. It was just too, too addictive for me to hop on and just instantly interact with people. And although I love that, like I just saw it pulling from my life. So I deleted it, stepped back and just went back to real life. And that sounds horrible to say, but I hopped back on a couple of weeks later and I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot what it was like to just have my day, to not have a schedule, to not have this pull to be somewhere else and give someone else my energy. And I think a lot of people have a similar perspective on that whether you realize it or not, that there's just so many avenues today to pull your time and energy and your focus to that. I think that's where a lot of discontent comes, whether you're a minimalist or not. I think, um, you know, whether you want to be working out more, whether you want to clean your house, whether you want to be a better mom, there's a beneficial nature to all of this information and all of this conversation. But I think there's a clear line where it starts pulling from you and it's not giving to you or filling your cup or helping you in any way. It's just literally taking away time and energy from your day. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and point your toes west. If you're planning to cut back on alcohol this dry January, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. Recess has meticulously crafted familiar favorites such as lime margarita and grapefruit paloma, allowing you to savor the flavors and experience of these cocktails without the alcohol content. Throughout January, my listeners can take advantage of a special offer and get 15% off the Recess Mocktail Sampler Pack at takearecess.com minimalist. Every can of Recess boasts a lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients and a calorie count of 25 or less. It's a guilt-free option for winding down during dry January. Again, whether it's the end of a demanding day, a dinner gathering, or simply a moment to unwind, these mocktails are the perfect choice. You won't miss the alcohol, and you certainly won't miss dealing with a hangover. Get 15% off Recess mocktails now at takearecess.com minimalist so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. I was listening to a podcast. I don't remember. I listened to a lot of podcasts, but the guy was like, yeah, I take the whole month of August off. 
I I'd get rid of all of my technology for the entire month. And he was wealthy. So he was able to go to the Caribbean or something. Not everyone's so lucky, but anyways, he was saying that the world keeps going on. And one day we are all going to die. And I know this is really morbid, but he's like, and the world keeps going on. I don't even really know what my point is with telling the story. Maybe I'll cut it out. But I was just like, oh yeah, the world keeps going, whether we're like engaged in it or not. And so we can choose how much we want to, like, we don't have to be so dependent upon these little devices or the latest political news or the latest celebrity news. All of that is going to be here long after we are gone. It's been here before we were born. So how much do we want to engage because it's taking away from our lives in in other ways? I don't know. No, I totally agree. Um, I used to, I don't know if you know, Cotton Stem Erin. She's a really big, or she used to be a really big blogger. I think like close to a million followers. Mm -hmm. She's one of my favorite accounts to follow because she's a mom of four kids. I loved watching her life and she would be on daily just with, I mean, play-by-plays of her day. And it was so funny. Um, She had, she has since had an epiphany and completely like stopped her account. Mm -hmm. She talked about how she realized like she was literally living her life, Mm -hmm. um, documenting things and thinking about things and thinking about her day and how it related to the content for her blog versus just living her life with her family and kids. And it was such an aha moment for me realizing that because I'm like, oh yeah, I absolutely love watching, like watching other people's lives. Like it is entertaining. I think that's the nature of it and why people enjoy doing that so much. But I was like, do I? Like, do I want to spend my life or even a small component of my life producing content and, and showing someone else my life and not actually being present for it? Because I really don't think, I don't know, maybe other people will argue this way, but I really don't think when you're looking at your own life through the lens, whether you're recording it or documenting your kids or whatever the case may be, you're not fully in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you're so worried about catching the moment on video, but you're not really like able to enjoy it and appreciate it and soak it in for what it is. And I just realized, no, I, I, life is going to go on and my kids are seeing me and what are they seeing? Like, are they seeing me engage with them or are they seeing me with my phone out documenting things? And that was not the way I wanted my life to be. Uh, I mean, even if I was producing amazing content and, you know, getting a lot of interaction, filling my cup. Like I had to learn to draw the line for myself. And I think everyone goes through that phase where they're just like, okay, how much value do I place on being present in my life and showing up for it versus just documenting it? Definitely. I have three more questions I want to get to, and I don't know which path to take because they're all relevant to what you just said, but I did want to say, I think that the reason we are so into it and that it is entertaining There is a voyeuristic element to it. And maybe some of us have more of those tendencies. I do. I'm definitely someone that walks through my neighborhood. And if I see a window open, I'm like, oh, I love the way they decorate. So I totally get that. But I think also we really love reality TV these days. We as in the general public generalizing and social media stories are in certain ways, little snippets of reality TV, but they're really easy to consume. So we get that dopamine hit and then we can change the channel really, really quick. And we can get all through and then we can add people, we can add more. And so I think that's why it's so popular. And it honestly, it probably even takes away a little bit from TV that people are doing the screen time a lot more than they're doing the television screen time. So it's just easy to get addicted to stories and to social media. 
Oh, absolutely. And I completely agree. I am the same kind of person. My husband laughs because I love driving through our neighborhood at nighttime because mm-hmm. people have their lights on in houses. And I love it. Probably sounds really creepy, but I just love seeing the inside of people's houses. And like, I'm, I'm just a house person in general, but mm-hmm. I just, it's, it's a cool component to see little facets of life, like existing outside of your own little bubble. And I think that's just human nature. And I think everyone falls into different tendencies. There's probably people that are way too extreme mm-hmm. and there are people that like, just, it doesn't really do anything for them, but I think it's totally normal, but I think that's why everyone gets sucked into it so easily. Yeah. Because like you said, I think just seeing someone else's life, I, I think it's associates really well with reality TV. I think that's why reality TV is so popular because there's faults in it. There's imperfections. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, people tend to gravitate towards things that are relatable and what's more relatable than these short little components of people's stories that are quick to consume, like you said, Mm -hmm. and then you can move on with your day, but you feel like in a way you've kind of connected or identified with, you know, however many other people showed up on your feed that day. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, okay. My next question, what do I want to ask you? I wanted to talk about simple ways that we can gain contentment in our day through minimalism. But I also want to know what it's looked like for your family members. Do they find more contentment specifically, maybe your husband, does he experience more contentment now that you guys have decluttered or has that not affected him as much as you? Um, I think number one, I think my husband has been the best teammate I could possibly have for my minimalism journey. Um, I don't think he was a maximalist at any point in time, but he definitely wasn't a minimalist. He is one of those people that holds a ton of sentimental value to things. My own growth through this, I am the total opposite. I accumulate easily and let go of things pretty easily. So we've kind of helped each other balance that out because he's not as big of a consumer, but he holds on to things more. So finding contentment and in finding that balance and like, okay, what things really truly provide contentment to us Um, whether it be tangible or things on our schedule or ways, you know, routines and systems that we have in our life, like what works for both of us. It's really been a big burst of growth in our marriage to kind of find that happy medium where I'm like, okay, I could make a to-do list and get a million things done all day, but I know it's going to drain me. And then I'm not going to be able to pour anything out for my kids or my husband at the end of the day. So like, where do I find that balance? Um, So I think us figuring out by trial and error, what's going to work for our family and for our our marriage has been a huge growth component and far bigger than like just getting rid of the stuff or finding things that really do hold value to us and making sure we, we keep those in our lives. But one of the big things I think we've realized, and we're just getting to that age, our oldest is in first grade right now. So I know there's a lot on the horizon, but every family around us, it seems their kids have a ton of like outside extracurricular and organized activities. Like I get asked all the time, you know, like what summer camps are your kids doing? Like what's coming up? And our son really hasn't had an interest in anything and sports wise has no interest in the summer camps. I was talking to him the other day and I asked, you know, what do you want to do this summer? And he's like, I just want to stay home and play. One of the biggest avenues we've seen it affect is just where we place our value and how we spend our time as a family. Like I think had I not gone the minimalist route, I would get caught up very easily in getting my kids into activities for the sake of feeling like they have to do things. Um, And I think we as a family and especially my husband and I just as a, you know, a marriage, we just really value having that time to be together and not having 
commitments where we have to be. And there's absolutely nothing wrong. My kids have done swim lessons. We've taken vacations. We've, you know, done play dates. Like there are tons of things that are in our schedule. And if they want to do things, absolutely. I'll sign them up for them. But we, I think have learned to value the fact that like our kids are only going to be at this age where they just want to play and have fun and not have commitments for a short time in our lives. And like, we're never going to get this time back again. They are going to spend the rest of their lives in school full time with activities, with sports, with friends. Um, and seeing that piece of like simplicity really bleed over into how we spend our time and how we spend our weekends has been the biggest blessing. Um, I think COVID in general has done that for a lot of people when no one was allowed to go do anything. I mean, you really did just have to spend time with your family. And I think seeing how much we enjoy that has, has been an additional silver lining to the whole epidemic. But, um, that I would say has been the biggest blessing to me, to my husband and to our family is just really figuring out how to simplify our time and our schedules and really make room in our days for like what we want to do. And whether it be a lazy Saturday morning where we decide to go to the zoo last minute, or we just stay in our PJs all day and do nothing. Um, it's just been a blessing to take that burden of feeling like I have to have my kids doing things or they're not going to be as good or as advanced or ready to go as other kids at other levels, like just letting go of that expectation and that burden of thinking that they, I have to be doing things to, to better their life has been huge for me. Absolutely. So what's your encouragement to people listening? If they want to find more contentment in pursuing minimalism, how would you encourage them to to do so? Um, I definitely think, and I mean, I do think to an extent you do have to eliminate the physical source of clutter in your life to some extent. And it looks different for everyone. I don't think you have to go on this massive one-year purge of everything in your house, but I always encourage people to kind of identify those pain points in their life where things are just, you know, stressing them out that are completely unnecessary. So finding ways to declutter the small areas of your house that you use every single day, which usually end up being, you know, your closet, your kitchen, the kids' playroom, finding ways to physically remove that. But I think beyond that, really taking the time and, and digging deep, whether it be as an individual or if, you know, your family's on board with finding out like, okay, but but what are we going to do with this simple? Like, what are we going to do with this extra time? Why do I want that so badly? Like what, what is missing in my life or what is just declutter or what is cluttering up my life so much that I'm unable to do that and find that space and time. Um, and I think that's a huge, a huge area I missed for years is examining, Hey, what do I want out of this? What am I going to allow back in my life? That's going to fulfill me and provide that contentment once I eliminate all of these things, because you can eliminate everything in the world, but if you're not truly asking yourself, what brings you contentment and what makes you happy and keeping those things or adding those things back into your life in small doses, you're just left with a lot of blank space and nothing to do with it. Absolutely. Well, Emily, this was a great conversation. I hope it gave people a lot to think about in regards to not just their stuff, but just some of the mental, mental side to all of this that can honestly sometimes be harder to navigate and sort through. So I appreciate your wisdom there, but where can listeners find you if they want to connect with you online and hear more from you? My blog is solely on Instagram right now. It's at the 
www.simplified.mom. So at the simplified mom, I'm on there hit or miss right now. Um, I do have my first book coming out May 10th. So it's called a simplified or a simpler motherhood. Can't even remember my own book title and it is coming out May 10th. I'm really excited. It's been kind of my fifth baby um, that I've been working really hard at over this last year. So all of my journey to find contentment is going to be documented for the world to see in that as well. Great. Well, as we wrap things up here, I'm going to ask you the two questions that I ask every guest. And the first one is what is a beneficial resource to you that you'd like to share with the listeners? Honestly, um, a beneficial resource to me is my planner. I could not go without it. I am not a very big to-do list maker, but I am also a huge brain dump person. The mental clutter gets to me every time. So if you don't have a planner, whether it be electronic or paper, my, my biggest tip is just to find a space where you can empty that mental and emotional clutter and get it down somewhere. It doesn't have to be organized. It doesn't have to be scheduled. It doesn't even have to be completed, but getting it out of your head and off your chest and really down on paper or in an electronic form has just been the biggest blessing for me to just remove that from my life. Yes. I don't think I could live without my planner. I, I don't know. Yes. There's just something about having the tangible writing it down. It just solidifies in my brain a lot better than on my phone. Absolutely. All right. My last question is what is something that you can't stop talking about? Uh, right now my book. So I am the worst publicity coordinator ever. I'm sure my um, publisher hates my approach to things. I haven't been on my Instagram too much, but I'm really excited to share it with the world. Uh, I've been blogging for three years. So having this book come out has been a labor of love. I was a journalism major and it's been on my bucket list forever. So a simpler motherhood will be out on Amazon, Target, Barnes and Noble, everywhere else. You don't have to buy it. I'm hoping it's available at the library too. The library is my biggest asset. I love test running books. And if I love them, then I end up purchasing them for myself and possibly passing them on to other people. But give it a read if you haven't checked me out yet. Um, there'll be a lot of my heart and my soul in there and my journey to simplicity. Definitely. And I'll be sure to include the link in the show notes for that as well. And I can absolutely relate. It is very awkward putting yourself out there and being, I think it's a vulnerability too, to say like, Hey, look what I did. It's pretty cool. But also I heard the minimalists say this. They said, if it's something worthwhile, why wouldn't you want to share what you've done? If you think it's a benefit to others, why would you not want to share that and give that? And I was, I thought that was pretty cool. So you should feel confident in promoting it from here on out. Cause it's, it is a huge accomplishment and it's very exciting. Thank you. I'm very excited. Well, thanks again, Emily, for your time today. I'm so glad we connected. Yeah, me too. What did you think of the episode? If you enjoyed this conversation, I want to encourage you to leave a rating and review if you haven't done so yet. Leaving a rating and review is the best way you can help this podcast continue to succeed and grow. Again, thank you to everyone who supports the Minimalist Moms by listening, leaving those rating and reviews, or following along on social media at Minimalist Moms Podcast. As always, I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com, and there you can find links to the Instagram account, my Facebook page, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. 
we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.